history, TV, media, that stuff really, that does sort of touch us all on some level. Whether we touch it back is another question. But I do like to touch it back. With Star Trek, I'm, I'm freezing the uh, action and, um, and just capturing them in moments of, of sort of distress or ambiguity, sort of vulnerable moments. And there's almost no insertion of myself other than my choice of what to freeze and what to reproduce. And um, so the image is coming, the imagery is coming to you kind of straight um, out of its own story. But I'm just sort of picking the wrong moments and moments that tell maybe a different story than the, the, the larger narrative usually does. The other work is, is very constructive. So, I mean, you know, these, the end collages, I, I found sort of generic imagery that, um, you know, oceans and light, clouds and mountains, and then I use these uh, transfer letters that you press on with a pencil. And they're kind of uh, sort of these little embodied contradictions. That's not the point at which you linger. I mean, to have the end be the, the fixed, unchanging picture is sort of not the way that we know it. Usually it's just a transition out of a story, and instead you don't even know what the story was. You're just left with the end, whatever that is. I guess on some level, my, my, I think I make work about vulnerability. I mean, I think, um, you know, it's, it, uh, I've got these iconic masculine figures and I'm just um, presenting them in a sort of different form of iconography, you know, presenting them as these heroic male nudes. Um, on one level, it just further lionizes them. On another, it's very, it very much undoes the, the mythology by which we know them. You know, that's not part of the projection that, that, that they give of themselves to us. There's a point where convention and logic diverge. I think logic would tell you that any one of these men, you know, has a penis or a, or a nude body or, uh, but, you know, convention would have us uh, not talk about that or ignore it. And so where I see convention and logic diverging, I think, is a great point to make my artwork. You know, and so you get to hang out with Richard Nixon nude in the bathroom. I've been working with maps while I was at CCA, and the materials range from gouache, watercolor, and collage, and I've also been doing artist books. Um, and the concept, of, I had like an overall concept for the show, and it was this idea of Eden. So all of the work is incorporating something about either Eden as a place, or an idyllic arrangement of places. So here is a new configuration of all of the countries that, um, according to a survey, are the ha people are the happiest living there. So I call this the happiest place. Um, and like borders blend into each other, so I'm kind of just creating a new formation of countries that people are supposedly happy. And this piece is called um, Borderless, and it's all of the countries that currently have separation barriers, so they obviously have border conflict, and I've created a new arrangement of places and have had the borders blend into each other, so they are, you know, they don't have border issues anymore. And a lot of my work is raising questions about how this new configuration of places, like what kind of new dialogues would be provoked with these new places having new borders. Yeah, I'm really interested in borders on like 
the small scale from like our neighbors and how arbitrary it is. Um, that there is this line and this is my tree and this is your tree. And then I'm interested in borders on a large scale, you know, how it is so arbitrary and how space is divided up. And so I kind of like playing with space and, you know, just, yeah, raising these questions that, you know, these are hypothetical situations, that there's no reality to them, but they are real places, so they are real questions, I guess. My project is called the Alter Alternative Album Project. It's a project based on my family. It's riffing off the photo album. My undergrad, I took a domestic photography class, and um, Jeannie Sims, who was showing these, um, images of these albums that you would, you would never see pictures in people's photo albums. At least I never saw pictures like that in people's photo albums. And I was kind of blown away by it. And then I started thinking about my mother's photo album. And I asked her to send it to me and she was like, okay. And the next thing I know I get this package where she had completely edited it and sent me the pictures that she wanted me to have, not the album. So it's like all the ones that I was really interested in were the ones that were missing. And it, I got her version of it. And I was like, started to think, well, hmm, I'm gonna make my own album and I'm gonna make an alternative album that riffs off that family album, that's intimate, that talks about things that are not in your typical family albums, issues with how a child or a growing young lady feels about her body, you know? And um, th those kind of things that are left of the album, you know? So I wanted to talk about all that and that's how the project got started. They're a combination of two kinds of photos. So the kind that if something took place and I thought it was really interesting, we restaged it for the camera, so set up. And, and a combination of, while we're in the moment, let me make the picture. So it's a balance of the two. And some of them are thought up ideas while you're kind of lying down half asleep. Like the um, pictures, the two pictures at the top were like, how can I express my, um, my daughter's, my daughter, my, the father, Jamie's dad's love for his daughter. How does he get that across? And he sends her the videos. So we stacked up the videos, and she stood in her ballerina dress, took a picture next to the videos. Why Jamie is the main subject of uh, the photographs is because she has two queer parents, and I'm trying to um, make us all visible, because I think that's important. I think it's important for her and it's important to the queer community as well. I make oil paintings, and the work that I do is really influenced by 19th century, late 19th century oil painting. In particular, American artists, uh, John Singer Sargent, Thomas Aikens, Winslow Homer, as well as uh, French painters Courbet and Manet. And I like looking at these artists because uh, there's uh, a real sort of enthusiasm, I think, with the way that they use the oil paint and the color. And referencing that kind of work and giving it a contemporary spin, I think, gives it sort of you know, something fresh and really exciting for me. So I really like looking at those artists and sort of 
getting cues on um, technical sort of ways of painting as well as subject matter uh, in terms of leisure because leisure is a really important aspect of my work and I, I'm really interested in sort of historical constructs of leisure and how we've adapted them to uh, to our own lives today. Um, so I look at you know hunting and bathing and boating um, and things like that so and sort of thinking about how what a contemporary version of that is. So there's this interesting sort of shift between past and present and I'm really interested in that. I like sort of that seduction of the viewer and getting them in because they think that they're seeing something familiar but then as they keep looking they realize that um, they can sort of actually relate to it because it's, it's of our time. I'm trying to do work that's more homosocial versus homoerotic. And I know that I'm probably teetering a fine line, and I think that that's okay. I see it as sort of a much more subtle, a subtle approach is, is what I'm going for. And if there's underlying sort of sexual energy or, or tension, that's great. I'm much more interested in sort of providing people with an alternative view of something that they may have you know, preconceived ideas about. So I think that people can relate to the paintings because what they're seeing is something that they probably would like to do, or maybe that they actually do with their friends as well. Well, I'm particularly fond of the work of Travis Minoff, who's, um, um, I mean, we make very different types of work, and I actually think um, he sort of is a, is, is, is a living thing. I mean, he, he kind of, he, he's in the middle of everything he does. I mean, I think he doesn't make work that, that hangs on walls and just sort of lives its own hermetic life. I mean, he actually kind of makes work that, like him, walks and lives in the world. I mean, he makes blankets and gives them away to people. That's, I, mean, I think it's a very significant, essential thing to do. I mean, I think it's just sort of the nicest thing you could do for somebody. Everything was something to do with teddy bears, and everything at least came from teddy bears. First of all, I skinned the teddy bears, got them and the skins became a coat and uh, inners uh, inside of teddy bears became spirits that was in atrium and uh, other teddy bears uh, I dipped them into liquid clay and fired them and they became fire bears. Those guys are most of them made in China in a factory maybe sweatshop but I brought them back to like a modern American world and trying to be unique and not like mass produced product. And he is just himself and nobody else looking like him. Well, cuddly uh, teddy bears already there. The real teddy bears are cuddly and soft. And once they are porcelain, they're hard and they're not cuddly anymore. Then it became fragile too. So it's hard and it's too cute, but if you touch it, maybe you kill them or damage them. That fragility was very interesting to me. Uh, I grew up with a lot of stuffed animals and stuffed animals used to be 
my best friends, and they understood me completely, always supported me, whatever happened to me, and I complained about anything, everything to them. So that teddy bear was a symbol of childhood and understanding to me. Then um, this emotion you have towards childhood and teddy bears, they're fun, beautiful, and and great and a wonderful experience. However, still sad and poignant. Something bad might have happened. And I don't think all the childhood was beautiful and happy. So all of them are condensed into teddy bears. large-scale photo collage installations from my own original photographs and I shoot everything in film and print it in the darkroom and everything's physically cut and paste together taped. They're kind of like big puzzles. I spray mount them all onto a museum board and then um, in different pieces and then piece them together on the wall. Okay my work is about the sort of library of, of experience that you accumulate over your lifetime and trying to bring all this all this accumulated experience to the table in in one sitting as a model i use the structure of dreams and the way that dreams kind of compress and condense all your experience into one frame so you kind of like have all these different parts of yourself and all these different notions of self that are not that are not articulated because because you know we exist in a physical space and so it's like you can only be this one body but I think that our, our notion of who we are is sort of more complex than that and so I guess I'm just trying to bring the complexity of that notion of self into into one frame to make it visible. the way she incorporates like nature and totally synthetic material and they look like a part of nature but really really not and toxic materials so yeah well her work is beautiful and gorgeous but yeah um, she makes I don't know if you saw a big stage set and like has all these props put out with them and she also has these drawings of just backdrops and I don't know I think that they're playful and I, she's just doing something that I haven't seen like playing with the stage and playing with place and I really like her work. So my process is I make porcelain dolls from 10 to 12 inches and I glaze them, I fire them, I paint them afterwards and um, sort of coming from a, a traditional German 16th century Meissen style and um, I put all these figure um, porcelain ceramics figurines 
um, in dollhouses that I make and I photograph them as I, I'm photographing um, people's portraits. So I make different catalog scenes and I place all 12 children um, individually and I take um, catalog shots. And um, so the beginning of the project, I actually made a physical catalog, but I thought, you know, it's not that it's funny, but it doesn't have the potency to really grab people's eye to think about what I'm trying to think about, which is the commodity and the, you know, our eyes towards children, our gaze towards younger objects and, um, and um, commercialize them. And then I move on to those were um, really political and direct, you know, very directory um, comment. Like that, the new majority was just about um, Obama's speech. It's called the new majority. And I said, okay, I live in Oakland and San Francisco, and um, I come from New York and Taiwan. I'm gonna make all the stereotypical image of each person that I know. And that one, the Deitch Project, started with um, my friend in New York said, I hung out with Jeffrey Deitch, which is one of the biggest collector in New York City. And um, I said, no way. He's, and I said, oh, what does his loft look like? What does, what does his house look like? And then um, she narrated for me, and I made the whole thing out of it. And I did shot a few photographs with people actually doing what they were doing in front of my art. Talking about art, pointing things, drinking, getting drunk. I thought it was great. Yeah.